Hey y'all, Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about season eight, episode one called We Need to Talk About Kevin. We do need to talk about Kevin because Kevin is amazing. <laughs> I love me some Kevin. <laughs> so we start out in the woods at night in 100 Mile Wilderness, Maine. Uh, the screen says one year later, a young man and woman are sleeping in a tent. Uh, there's suddenly a bright light outside. The woman sits up in alarm and jostles the man. She says, Will, get up. Something's just happened. The light outside goes away. And footsteps approach the tent and a figure walks by. The woman says, go, go do something. Will <laughs> Why says, would you leave the tent? <laughs> that's know. the dumbest decision. Like you need to go outside and like, see if there's something that's going to kill you out there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, something Safety can kill you numbers. while you're in the tent. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know what the right thing to do in that situation is. I feel like even though the tent isn't going to really protect you from much, at least you're like, I don't know, at least you're not like visible to anything yeah, necessarily, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. I would stay in the tent. Also, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I'm not the one to go out there and investigate. That's for sure. So I guess I. Yeah, stay in the tent. <laughs> yeah no, I'm not going to go out and investigate nothing. Yeah. Okay. Will says, "Well, what are we supposed to do?" And he grabs a flashlight and goes outside. He says, "Hello, hello." He stands for a moment, pointing his flashlight into the darkness. He says, "It was a deer." He turns back to the tent door and says, I don't know. It was like a deer or something. He hears a noise, turns around again and gasps. Uh, and there is Dean Winchester. All bloody hey. and dirty. <laughs> yeah. All bloody and dirty and holding an axe-like weapon. Um, Dean says, where am I? Will says, what? The woman comes out of the tent. Dean cocks a gun and points it at her and Will. Okay, what's the point of that, Dean? I know, like, why do you need to, like, all of a sudden start pointing weapons at people? Yeah, that seemed weird. Will says, hey, hey. Dean says, where's the road? Will points and says, 12 miles that way. Uh, Keeping the gun on the couple, Dean picks up uh, one of their backpacks off the ground and runs away. (laughs) Not very cool, Dean. I mean, he kind of reminded me of, like, a raccoon there. (laughs) (laughs) yeah grabbing stuff and making off with it you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so we cut to a country road it's daytime we're in clayton clayton louisiana the screen says four days later an orange pickup truck is driving and comes to a stop dean gets out of the truck and the driver points directions so dean walks down the road uh he keeps holding his left arm while he's walking like it hurts um we cut to nighttime a sign on a stone pillar marking someone's land reads lafayette uh dean reads a sign and walks onto the land uh he carries a shovel and is still holding his left arm he paces slowly and deliberately from a windmill dean says this better be you you son of a bitch He starts to dig, obviously hurting. Uh, Sometime later, he hoists himself out of the grave and holds his left arm. 
Uh, Dean says, all right. He stands up and we can see a bunch of bones in the grave. Dean says, hold on, you bastard. And he rolls up his left sleeve. His forearm is glowing red and pulsing, which is Looks disgusting. Pretty nasty. <laughs> yeah. You need some ointment. Oh, you need something more than ointment at that point, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> like heavy antibiotics at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, hold on. And he cuts his left arm with a large knife. Uh, he holds his arm out over the grave and red glowing liquid drips from his arm onto the bones uh, while he chants in Latin. Dean groans in pain as light shines over the bones. As the light vanishes, he drops to the ground and says, wow. <laughs> Dean rolls down his sleeve and a man named Benny appears behind him. Dean says, wow, that was fast. Benny says, no, thanks to you. The hell took you so long. Dean gets to his feet, holding his arm, and says, you're welcome. I mean, it's fine. I only, like, you know, clearly brought you here, but no big deal. Yep. What took me so long, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Benny cracks his neck. Dean says, everything working? Benny says, good enough. He opens his mouth wide, and we can see vampire teeth. Benny says, so what now? Dean says, like we talked about, I guess. Benny nods and says, then this is goodbye. Dean says, you keep your nose clean, Benny. You hear me? Benny walks towards Dean, holding out his hand. They shake. Benny says, we made it, brother. I can't believe it. Benny laughs and pulls Dean into a hug. Dean says, you and me both. And we get our opening title sequence. Now, I don't like someone who isn't Sam calling Dean brother. I mean... To I feel me, funny it's like a it. friend brother. I don't think he actually thinks they're brothers. It's more of like a, we've like been bro. through some shit together. You're my bro, you know, like. Okay. That's just not how I took it the first time I saw it, which I don't know how long ago that was. I was like, all of a sudden, very like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you <laughs> no, say. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. To me, it's like, I don't know, more of like a friend thing than anything else. Okay. You're probably right. Um, okay. So we cut to Kermit, Texas. We're in a house. It's nighttime. Sam is packing a bag in a dark room. He pats a dog that is lying on the bed. A woman in the bed opens her eyes and watches Sam leave. So Sam drives the Impala out of the driveway. Uh, we cut to Rufus's cabin. It's daytime. Sam pulls up and parks. Uh, he opens the front door and takes a few steps inside. Dean pushes Sam to the ground and douses him with holy water. Sam says, what the? I'm not a demon. Dean pours borax over Sam. And Sam says, or Leviathan. What? But Dean grabs Sam, Sam's arm and cuts it with a knife. Sam is not thrilled. <laughs> I wouldn't be either. Like, why are you splashing me with all sorts of stuff and then like cutting into me? This is not <laughs> like... The Hold liquid on. I'd be fine with, but yeah, the cutting me, not cool. Uh, Dean says, or a shifter. Good. He stands up and says, my turn. Come on, let's go. And he holds the bottles out to Sam. Sam says, I don't need to. I know it's you. Dean says, damn it, Sammy. And he splashes the holy water and borax over himself and holds out an, a knife to Sam, uh, who's now standing. Dean says, come on. Sam says, no, Dean, can I just say hello? <laughs> like, why are we doing this right now? <laughs> yeah. Dean rolls up his sleeve and cuts his own arm. He says, all right. He smiles as he binds his arm and says, well, let's do this. 
Sam says, I don't know whether to give you a hug or take a shower. <laughs> Dean laughs and says, come here. And he holds out his arms and they hug, which is super cute. They love each other. <laughs> I love their love. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, dude, you're freaking alive. What the hell happened? Dean says, well, I guess standing too close to exploding dicks sends your ass straight to purgatory. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Sam says, you were in purgatory for the whole year? Dean says, yeah, time flies when you're running for your life. Sam says, well, how'd you get out? Dean says, I guess whoever built that box didn't want me in there any more than I did. Sam says, what does that mean? Dean says, I'm here. Okay. Sam says, what about Cass? Was he there? Dean says, yeah, Cass didn't make it. Sam says, what exactly does that mean? Dean says, something happened to him down there. Things got pretty hairy towards the end and he just, he just let go. Sam says, so Cass is dead. You saw him die. Dean says, I saw enough. Sam says, so then what? You're not sure? Dean says, I said I saw enough, Sam. Sam says, right, Dean, I'm sorry. Dean says, me too. So you, I can't believe you're actually here. He takes two beers out of the fridge and says, you know, that half your numbers are out of service. I felt like I was leaving messages in the wind. <laughs> he, sits, he sits down at the table and sets a beer down for Sam. Sam says, yeah, I didn't get your messages. Dean says, how come? Sam says, probably because I ditched the phones. Dean says, because Sam says, I guess, um, I guess something happened to me this year too. I don't hunt anymore. Dean says, yeah, and Sasha Gray's gone legit. <laughs> what? Sam says, nothing. Um, she did a Soderbergh movie. Dean says, what? Sam says, she did a Soderbergh. Dean says, no, you, Sam, you quit? Sam says, yeah, yeah, I, uh, you were gone, Dean. Cass was gone. Bobby was dead. I mean, Crowley even shipped off Kevin and Meg to parts unknown. Dean says, so you just turned tail on the family business? I love that he says family business there. (laughs) Uh, Sam says, nothing says family quite like the whole family being dead. I mean, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) Dean Dean says, I wasn't dead. In fact, I was knee deep in God's armpit killing monsters, which I thought is what we do, actually. Sam says, yes, Dean, as far as I knew, what we do... um, is the thing that got every single member of the family killed. I had no one, no one. And for the first time in my life, I was completely alone. And honestly, I didn't exactly have a roadmap. So yeah, I fixed the Impala and I just drove. Dean says, after you looked for me, Sam says nothing. Dean says, did you look for me, Sam? Sam looks away. (laughs) Dean says, no. Yeah. (laughs) Dean says, good. That's good. Now we, uh, we always told each other not to look for each other. That's smart. Good for you. Of course, we always ignored that because of our deep abiding love for each other, but not this time. Right, Sammy? Sammy says, look, I'm still the same guy, Dean. Dean says, well, bully for you. I'm not. Dean walks away and we hear the front door close. Sam says, welcome back. So we cut to some time later in Rufus's cabin. Dean is going through a box of phones. Sam says, you want dinner? Dean says, pass. He's like, I don't want no food you make. Yeah, I don't want your stupid food. 
<laughs> um, Dean puts ear, an earphone into his ear. Sam says, okay. And he stirs something on the stove. Um, so we cut to Sam eating at the table. Dean, who has been listening to phone messages through the headset, turns to look hard at Sam. Sam says, what? Dean takes out the earphone and puts the phone on speaker. Uh, there's a phone message. It says, Sam Winchester. It's Kevin Tran. Crowley had me in his warehouse and I just escaped. I don't know where I am. And I don't know if he or any other demons are still after me. I need your help. Call me back. It's Kevin Tran. <laughs> Sam just says, in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. In case you didn't hear me earlier. <laughs> Sam says, when was that? Dean plays another message. Uh, it says, Sam Winchester. It's Kevin Tran. I called you a week ago. Call me, please. I don't know what the hell I'm doing out here, man. Sam says, okay, I get it. So what do you want me to do? Strategize or something? Dean plays another message. Um, it says, Sam, it's Kevin. I'm, woo, I am so good. <laughs> he is so drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sam says, is he drunk? Um, we get another message. It says, uh, it's Kevin. It says, three months since you ditched my ass. Haven't slept for more than four hours a night. It's all good in the hood. Uh, if you're still alive, eat me. <laughs> Dean plays another message. It's Kevin. He simply says, eat me. <laughs> <laughs> Dean plays another message. It says, Sam, it's been six months. I can only assume you're dead. If not, don't try to reach me. You won't be able to. I won't be calling from this number anymore. Dean stands up and says, he was our responsibility and you couldn't answer the damn phone. So we cut to Dean reading on the couch. Sam is using his laptop at the table. Sam says, all right, listen to this. Kevin's last message. Listen to the background. Hear that? Dean says, what is it? Sam says, I think he is on a bus. Listen again. <clears throat> the phone uh, on the message, you can hear a woman's voice say, last stop, Centerville. Uh, Dean stands up and walks over to Sam and says, Centerville? Centerville where? Sam says, Michigan. Dean says, and why would Kevin be in Centerville, Michigan? Sam says, because his high school girlfriend uh, goes to college there. Dean says, that's thin. Uh, I don't think that's thin. I think that's. I feel like that's reasonable, you know? Yeah, that's something that a lot of people would do. I know, right? Like, yeah. visit family and friends, you know? Exactly. Uh, Sam says, it's the best lead we got. Dean says, we, Sam says, you were right. He was our responsibility, our responsibility. So let's go find him. Okay. So we cut to outside the cabin, uh, Sam and Dean put weapons in a bag and bags into the trunk of baby. Sam says, Hey, and he tosses Dean the keys. Dean looks at the Impala and says, well, no visible signs of douchery. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> he and Sam get in, uh, Dean pauses and looks at the back seat. He says, smell like dog to you? Sam inhales and says, in the car? Dean says, you tell me. Sam shrugs. Dean says, hmm. Uh, Dean starts the engine and they drive away. So they cut to outside the Palm Motel. Dean is standing in front of a vending machine, but can't seem to pick anything. Sam unloads the car and pauses to look at Dean before heading towards the room. Two young boys uh, run across the parking lot, shooting at each other with toy Nerf guns. Um, and we, Dean suddenly has a flashback. Sorry. that was like super awkward. You <clears throat> uh, 
So Dean is chasing someone in purgatory. He loses the trail and stops, then hears a rustling noise and starts running again. The creature he is chasing stops running and Dean comes up behind him. The man turns with a yell and grapples with Dean. Dean hits the man's arm, making him drop his weapon, then pushes him hard against a tree and holds a knife to his throat. The man's teeth descend, showing that he is a vampire. Dean says, take a breath, calm down. Where's the angel? (laughs) Where's the The pizza? (laughs) The vampire says, you're him, the human. Dean says, where's the angel? The vampire says, I don't know. Dean says, hmm. And then he stabs his knife into the vampire's arm, pinning him to the tree. Dean then picks up the vampire's weapon and beheads him with it. Um, That sucks. Yeah. Taking out with your own weapon. I know, right? Dean's like, this is mine now. Thank you. Um, Suddenly, a second vampire tackles Dean to the ground. Dean reaches unsuccessfully for the weapon as the second vampire holds him down. Benny appears uh, and flings himself at the second vampire and beheads him. Benny turns to look at Dean with his vampire teeth out. The flashback ends uh, and Dean is still standing in front of the vending machine. So we cut to inside the Palm Motel. Dean is sitting on the edge of the bed and Sam comes out of the bathroom and leans against the doorframe. Sam says, you okay? Dean says, yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you say we blow this joint? Hit the road. Sam says, now? Dean says, yeah, Kevin's not getting any more found. Mm-hmm. Sam says, the kid survived a year without us. He'll be okay for another 12 hours. Besides, when's the last time you slept? Dean says, hmm. Sam says, what? Dean says, nothing. Is that, a, is that how you rationalize taking a year off? People will be okay? Sam says, people were okay, Dean. You're okay. Dean says, wow. Sam says, look, I did what we promised we'd do. I moved on. I lived my life. Dean says, yeah, no, I'm getting that. Sam says, look, it wasn't like I was just oblivious. I mean, I read the paper every day. I saw the weird stories, the kind of stuff we used to chase. Dean says, and you said what? Not my problem? Sam says, yes. And you know what? The world went on. Dean says, people died, Sam. Sam says, people will always die, Dean. Or maybe another hunter took care of it. I don't know. But the point is, for the first time, I realized that it wasn't only up to me to stop it. Dean says, hmm, so what was it, huh? What could possibly make you stop just like that? A girl? Was there a girl? Sam says, the girl had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Dean says, there was a girl. Sam says, yeah, there was. And then there wasn't. Any more questions? Listen, I know this is going to sound crazy to you. I don't even necessarily need you to understand, but you need to know. I didn't just drop out, Dean. I found something, something I've never had all my life. Um, Dean says, yeah, what was her name? Sam says, Amelia. Dean says, so what, you uh, drop your peanut butter and her chocolate? How'd it happen? (laughs) That sounds dirty. It sounds kind of (laughs) crude. Yeah. (laughs) Sam says, I hit a dog. Dean turns to look at Sam and points a finger at him. Dean says, I knew I smelled dog. Sam says, and I knew you'd throw a bitch fit about it. Dean says, hey, the rules are simple, Sam. You dank. You You dank. (laughs) You dank. (laughs) You don't take a joint from a guy named Don and there's no dogs in the car. (laughs) Sam says, all right, what about you? Dean says, what about me? Sam says, look at you. You've still got that look. You're shaky. You're on edge. What was it like? 
Dean says, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Sam says, try me. Dean He's says, like, you know how many weird things I've seen? Come on. <laughs> yep. Dean says, it was bloody, messy, 31 flavors of bottom dwelling nasties. How most days it felt like 360 degree combat. But there was something about being there. And we get a flashback to purgatory. Uh, Dean is standing holding the vampire's weapon. Um, Dean in real time says to Sam, it felt pure. In the flashback, uh, Benny uh, retracts his teeth and says, what? No, thanks for saving your hide. Dean says, sure. I won't shove this up your ass. <laughs> Benny says, mm, awful strange way to punch your meal ticket, friend. I got something you need. Dean says, yeah, what's that? Benny says, a way out. Dean laughs and says, even a dental apocalypse like you knows there's no such thing. Benny says, there is if you're human. God has made it so. At least that's the rumor. Dean says, bull. Benny says, suit yourself. Maybe you've gone native. Maybe you like being man meat for every Tom, Dick, and Harry. <laughs> Dean says, prove it. Benny says, nah, you're either in or you're out. Dean says, so you just want me to guide, so you just want to guide me out of purgatory, out of the goodness of your undead heart? Benny says, more or less. Dean says, what's in it for you? Benny says, I'm hopping a ride. Dean says, what? Benny says, it's a human portal, jackass. Only humans can pass through. I show you the door. You hump my soul through the other side. It sounded like you said you hump my soul through the other side. That is what I said. Because that's what he says. I missed that. <laughs> that's weird. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's just a purgatory thing. <laughs> Who knows what kind of humping's going on? <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm. Uh, Dean says, so you're looking for a soul train. Benny says, sure, if that's what you're into. Dean says, and how do I know this isn't a setup? How do I know I ain't going to end up like your friend over there? Benny says, he was my friend. Now you are. First rule of purgatory, kid. You can't trust nobody. Dean says, you just asked me to trust you. Benny says, you see, you're getting it now. <laughs> Dean says, hmm, first we find the angel. Benny says, hmm, freeze a crowd, chief. Dean says, well, hey, either you're in or you're out. The flashback ends and we get a close-up of Dean's face in the motel room. Uh, then we cut to a college dorm room. It's daytime. Uh, there's a girl using a laptop. Uh, Channing is standing next to her. Channing says, last time I saw Kevin was like a year ago. Sam says, when he disappeared? Channing says, mm-hmm. He stole his mother's car because he thought he was on a mission from God or something. Uh, it was crazy. The girl says, shut up. My friend Adam, who got addicted to Adderall, but got perfs on his SAT, so it was like totally worth it. Same thing. Channing says, shut up. The girl says, serious. Mission from God. <laughs> Sam says, look, Channing, we know Kevin was here. Channing says, no, he wasn't. Sam says, and we understand if you're trying to protect him, but no one can protect Kevin better than we can. Channing says, I hate Kevin. I wouldn't protect him. Dean says, I thought you two had a thing. Channing says, yeah, when he was going to Princeton. Dean says, wow. Not elitist at all. Nope. Dean says, wow, just like that. And the girl in the room says, yeah. Channing says, mm-hmm. So Sam and Dean leave the room. Dean says, so why would Kevin come sniffing around here if not to see her? 
Sam says, no idea. Maybe we should split up, ask around and see if anyone's seen him. Dean says, yeah, Asian kid, yay high at a university. That should be easy. That's awful. I know. Agreed. Uh, So we cut back to uh, inside the dorm room. The girl is still using her laptop. Channing is taking something out of a bag. The girl says, okay, are you ready to forget all about what's his name? Okay, this guy's name is Kyle. He's Jewish. Um, I'm pretty sure he has an Asian thing. Perfs, right? Channing turns around. She is holding a blood bowl and a dagger. Her eyes turn black. She says, shut up, bitch. That ain't Channing. Nope. Uh, The girl says, what? Channing slits the girl's throat and fills the bowl with her blood. And she starts chanting in Latin. 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 (laughs) Latin. The blood bubbles and boils. She says, the prophet still has not yet shown his face to me, but you should know that Dean Winchester is back. So I cut the outside on campus. Sam is sitting at an outdoor table and using his laptop. A dog barks and Sam looks up to see a woman walking a large brown dog on a leash. And we get a flashback. We are at River Bluff Veterinary Hospital. It's nighttime. Sam hurries in carrying a dog covered in a bloodstained blanket. Sam says, help. I need help. The dog needs help. Uh, and the nurse named Roberta points to a treatment room and says that way, Sam says, he just, he came out of nowhere right in front of my car. He lays the dog on the table and says, we need a doctor. Are you a doctor? Roberta says the doctor's coming, sir, but I'm not sure. Sam says, you're not sure what this is an animal hospital. You save animals. He's Roberta. like, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Roberta says, sir, Sam says, save this animal. The vet comes in and says, Roberta, can you escort this gentleman out, please? The vet is a pretty young woman with long, dark hair. Uh, Roberta says, yes. Sam says, I did this. Roberta says, come on. So Roberta and Sam leave the room and the vet lifts the blanket off the dog. The flashback ends and we return to Sam sitting at the outdoor table and staring into space. Uh, Dean sits down at the table and says, don't judge me. I got bupkis. Sam says, well... And a waitress puts a plate of food down in front of Sam. Uh, She says, here you go. Sam says, thank you. Sam pushes the plate towards Dean. Uh, Dean says, sweet mother of God, is it for me? Seriously? And he looks very happy because it's a cheeseburger. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Cheeseburgers are pretty good. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Especially after a year of no cheeseburgers. (laughs) I like, what did he eat? He probably ate monsters that's disgusting yeah i wonder if we had like a preference i wonder if they taste different i would assume ones that like hmm i don't know like i'm trying to think because you know like for different animals depending on what they eat they taste different right so like which one would taste the best based off of what they eat I assume that they all eat each other. Probably. That's true. But do they have to eat since they're technically dead? Or do they just kill each other? Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe they don't. Hmm. I don't know. But Dean wasn't dead. This is one of those questions that you're going to ask him at the convention. I feel like I'm going to need to. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) What did he eat in purgatory? I need to know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So Sam says, check this out. 
I went through campus security archives around the time Kevin should have been here. Uh, anyone look familiar? Sam turns the laptop towards Dean, who is chewing with his eyes closed, totally blissed out. <laughs> the laptop shows security footage of Kevin wearing a baseball cap. Sam says, dude, it's a burger. Dean says, it's a treasure. <laughs> all right. So what? Kevin comes all the way to campus and doesn't see his girlfriend. Sam says, I don't know, but I went to the computer lab and found the computer he was on. Dean says, and? Sam says, and I found the website he was visiting, found his account username, hacked into the website, found when else this username logged in, and then I reverse tracked the IP address back to the original user, Kevin, who has apparently been using the same wireless router, 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 for the past two years, router, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> router, router, that's what Close I enough. Dean says, that was spectacular work. Any chance I can get that in English? Sam says, yeah, I think he's in Iowa at a coffee shop. So we cut to a church in Fairfield, Iowa. Sam and Dean approach. Uh, Dean says, a church? You sure this is right? Sam says, barista at the coffee shop swears he's seen Kevin ducking in here for the past few months. He tries the door and then knocks. He says, Kevin, it's Sam and Dean Winchester. Open up. Sam shakes his head at Dean and Dean... Um, picks the lock. Uh, so they go inside. Kevin sprays them with borax from a large water gun. Dean says, stop, stop, not Leviathans. It's us. Kevin says, what the hell happened to you guys? Dean says, cliff notes. I went to purgatory. Sam hit a dog. Kevin says, for real, do you want some towels? Kevin leads the way into the room and symbols are painted all over the floor. Dean says, who taught you all this? Kevin says, I guess God. Sam says, God taught you how to trap demons? Kevin says, technically, yeah. Sam says, wait, wait, hold on. Crowley kidnapped you. I saw that. But then you left a message saying you escaped. How? Well, Kevin says, well, and we get a flashback. Um, in the we're inside a warehouse. Kevin walks up a flight of stairs with a demon. Kevin says, um, in real time to the boys, first he took me to a warehouse. Back in the flashback, uh, Crowley is waiting for them. Crowley says, look at you, haircut, manicure, pedicure, like a new penny. Kevin says, will there be torture now? Crowley says, torture? Heavens no, quite the opposite, my young prince. Sky's the limit for you and I. Crowley puts a hand on Kevin's shoulder and leads him across the room. Um, in real time, Kevin says, there was a tablet there, like the last one. Uh, back in the flashback, Crowley has Kevin sit in front of a chair or sit in a chair in front of a stone tablet. Crowley says, there we go. Now remember, feel like a winner, be a winner. Okay. Interpret. So we cut back to present day in the church. Dean says, wait, there's another tablet. So another word of God. Kevin says, yes. Dean says, how many words of God are there? Kevin says, I just became a prophet like a year ago. Sam says, well, did this tablet have a name? Kevin says, demons. Dean says, what about demons? Kevin says, as far as I could tell, everything. We cut back to the flashback. Crowley says, what are we looking at? Kevin says, it's just all fragments, bits and pieces. This is hard. Crowley says, throw me a bone here, Kev. Kevin says, wait. Crowley says, yes. The tablet seems to shake and blur in Kevin's hands. Kevin says, I'm sorry, is it just me or is it hot in here? Crowley says, is it our mistake? And then he no. mouths. Oh, whoops. 
Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he mouths, turn it up to the demon who nods and leaves. Kevin says, okay, I see something. Hellgates. Crowley says, talk to me. So back in present day, Sam says, what about Hellgates? Kevin says, there's one in Wisconsin. The tablet told me how to open it. There were ingredients for a spell. We cut back to the flashback. Uh, Kevin is preparing a spell. Uh, he looks up and nods to one of the demons who's on a cell phone. The demon on the phone says, right away. Um, to Kevin, the demon says, Mr. Crowley would like you to proceed. Kevin says, where is Mr. Crowley? The demon says, where do you think, dumbass? Wisconsin. Kevin lights a match and holds it above the bowl. The demon says, go. Kevin smiles and drops the match. So we cut back to present day in the church. Dean says, you showed the king of hell how to open a hell gate so that all the demons in hell could come out at the same time. What are you thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Kevin says, what? No. So we cut back to the flashback. Uh, The match falls into the bowl. Flames flare up. Uh, and a light shines on the demons who burn up while being flung backwards into the wall. Crowley on the phone says, men, Kevin takes the tablet and runs. Crowley on the phone says, Kevin, Kevin, when the camera pans out and we see that Crowley is surrounded by goats. (laughs) I just love that little tidbit. Yeah. (laughs) So we cut back to present day in the church. Kevin says, I told Crowley I was opening a hell gate, but I was reading from another chapter, how to destroy demons. Dean says, you son of a bitch. (laughs) Sam says, wait, Kevin, where's the tablet now? Kevin says, safe. Sam says, safe where? Dean says, hey, as long as it's safe, okay? Were you able to read anything else off the tablet before you stashed it? Kevin says, only the stuff about closing the gates of hell forever. Dean says, come again? Kevin says, banish all demons off the face of the earth. Lock them away forever. That could be important, right? (laughs) Sam and Dean look at each other. I know. (laughs) Um, Dean says, closing the gates of hell forever. Yeah, that could be important. (laughs) So we cut to some time later. Uh, Sam and Dean leave the church and stand uh, stand outside talking. Dean says, okay, if this kid is right, he's sitting on a bombshell. Hell, he is the bombshell. Sam looks away and Dean says, what? Sam says that. I mean, there's no way Kevin's getting out of this intact, is there? Dean says, well, he's doing pretty well for himself so far. Sam says, yeah, he got out. Dean says, and now he's in it, whether he likes it or not. Sam says, so free will, that's only for you? Dean says, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Sam, we have an opportunity to wipe the slate clean. We can take Kevin to the tablet. He tells us the spell. We send every demon back to hell forever. Every single bastard that destroyed our lives, killed our mother, killed Jess. And you're not sure. So we cut to sometime later. Uh, it's nighttime. Sam walks into the church and sits in a pew behind Kevin. Sam says, Kevin, I, uh, I owe you an apology. Look, when you disappeared, and Dean disappeared. I needed to clear my head. And I'm thinking maybe you were one of the pieces that I should have been there to pick up. No kidding. Yeah, no fucking shit. (laughs) Kevin says, you've been a hunter since you were a kid, right? Sam says, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Kevin says, ever since I realized I was a prophet, it's just hard to believe that this is actually my life. Sam says, yeah, it sucks right now. I know that. Um, It might suck for a lot longer, but trust me on this. It gets better. Kevin turns to look at Sam and says, you know, I'm not gay, right? (laughs) 
what's going on like why did that happen i i don't get it i don't know the whole it gets better thing like i don't uh, i don't get it maybe it's like a coming out sort of thing yeah i I guess it must be yeah it seems like a weird leap though yeah yep um sam says if we can do this get the tablet get you everything you need to close the gates of hell there's a world out there where nobody not crowley no demon is chasing you anymore kevin says i just don't see how i get from here to there sam says i used to not be able to see it either but there is a way kevin says just give me five minutes and he walks off dean stands in the doorway watching sam we cut to a flashback. We're at the River Bluff Veterinary Hospital. Sam sits in the waiting room. Roberta's behind the counter. The vet comes into the room to talk to Sam, and he stands up. The vet says, he's sustained some serious internal bleeding. There's at least two leg fractures that I can see right now, but with some TLC, he should pull through for you. Sam sighs in relief and says, thanks, doctor. The vet says, you're going to take the dog? Sam says, look, I would, but he's not mine. Sam says, he's not Sam. The vet says, he's not anybody's. Sam says, I spend a lot of time on the road. The vet says, don't you think you're responsible? What a bitch. I, yeah, I hate this person. Who does that? Right? Like, who does that? That's awful. Like, take somebody who cannot, like, have an animal and is just trying to like do what he should for the animal and then all of a sudden like trying to yeah no mm-mm. yeah i agreed that just makes me mad yep sam says why do you think i brought him here the vet says roberta could you hand this man his trophy on his way out please well maybe if you were such an upstanding guy you wouldn't have hit him in the first place it's called accident sweetheart they happen sometimes nobody tries to hit a dog exactly sam says fine i'll take him the vet says there's my hero and i just want to punch her in the throat yep kick her in the teeth something yep i can't kick that high so i'd have to punch her in the throat okay (laughs) (laughs) i'm tall she can't be that tall (laughs) yeah Okay, so we cut back to present day in the church. Sam is still sitting in the pew. Uh, Kevin walks into the room to join Sam and Dean when the church starts to shake and the floorboards start to break open. Dean says, we got company, Sam. And he hands Sam a knife and picks up his weapon from purgatory. Sam says, what the hell is that? Dean says, it's purgatory. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't want to know. Yep. The doors open and two demons come inside. Uh, one demon says dean winchester back from purgatory dean says spanky the demon uh, <laughs> sam moves uh and to stand in front of kevin to protect him dean says yeah i heard about you you're the one who uses too much teeth right <clears throat> the demon runs at dean and sam and they all fight kevin squirts one of the demons with holy water from a squeeze bottle <laughs> and sam kills one of the demons with the knife sam says dean And Sam passes the knife to Dean, who is struggling with another demon. So Dean kills the demon, um, and suddenly Crowley is there. Crowley says, hello, boys. Crowley and Channing are standing in the doorway. Crowley says, Dean, you're looking, well, let's just say purgatory didn't do you any favors. Where's your your angel? Dean says, ask your mother. Crowley says, there's that grade school zip. Missed it. I really did. 
to Sammy says, Moose, still with the pork chops. I admire that. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin says, let Channing go. Dean says, that's not Channing, Kevin. Not anymore. Crowley says, what an awful thing to say to the boy. Of course it's Channing. Kev, last time we danced, you stole my tablet, killed my men. Tell you what, come with me now. Bygones. And I'll let the girl go back to what's the point university. (laughs) Dean says, he's lying. You won't get Channing back. She's probably dead already. Crowley says, will you please stop saying that? Let the girl speak. And he snaps his fingers. Channing's eyes go normal. Channing says, Kevin? Kevin says, Channing? Channing says, what's going on? Kevin says, there's a demon in you and you're going to your safety school. (laughs) Channing says, what? Two most important things. (laughs) And she's more worried about the safety school than anything else. She's like, how could this have happened? (laughs) Uh, Kevin says, but it's going to be okay. Crowley says, I just... I can't. Kevin says, no, no, wait. But Crowley snaps his fingers again and Channing's eyes turn black. Kevin says, okay, I'll do it. Sam says, Kevin. Kevin says, myself for the girl. But this ends, all right? No fighting, no nothing. It ends. Dean says, can't let you do that, buddy. Kevin says, or what, you'll kill me? (laughs) To Crowley, he says, I'll grab my stuff. And he leaves. Crowley says, chin up, gentlemen. I'm a professional. Dean says, this ain't over by a long shot, Crowley. Crowley says, really, Dean, who writes your stuff? A marshmallow? (laughs) Come on, Kevin. Chop, chop. Kevin? Crowley takes a step forward and Dean raises the knife. Crowley snaps his fingers and the knife glows red. Uh, So Dean drops it. Dean says, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Exactly like that, too. (laughs) That's exactly how (laughs) Dean Winchester sounds. Uh, (laughs) Crowley says, ready, boys? Crowley walks past Sam and Dean and says, Kevin, Dean picks up the knife. Crowley, with Channing behind him, opens another door in the church. Kevin is standing in the room holding the end of a cord. Crowley says, Kevin. Kevin pulls the cord and holy water drops onto Crowley and Channing. They yell in pain. Kevin shouts, Sam, Dean, run! (laughs) Crowley and Channing continue to yell and sizzle. Sam, Dean, and Kevin run for the Impala. Crowley and Channing come outside the church. Crowley says to Channing, find another meat suit. So black smoke pours from Channing's mouth. We see the Impala drive past the church in slow motion. Um, As Kevin and Sam watch, Crowley makes a hand motion and Channing's neck snaps. She falls to the ground dead. No! That's fucked up. I know, right? Yeah. The Impala. Supernatural for you. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> uh, the Impala speeds away and Crowley wipes his face. Uh, we cut to a gas station. It's daytime. The Impala pulls up to the pumps. Dean's phone rings. Dean says, hello. He listens and then says, wrong number. And he hangs up. He says, automated jackass. All right. Anyone want anything? Sam says, I'm good. Dean turns to look at Kevin in the back seat. Um, Kevin does not respond. Dean looks at Sam. Sam says, Kevin, how are you holding up? Kevin says, awesome. The king of hell just snapped my girlfriend's neck. How about you? <laughs> Sam and Dean look at each other. Dean says, all right, listen to me. I'm sorry about your girlfriend, okay? I am. But the sooner you get this, the better. You're in it now, whether you like it or not. That means you do what you got to do. I'm hitting the head. Dean gets out of the Impala and walks towards the men's room. He stops and hides uh, and makes a phone call. Benny on the phone says, there he is. 
Dean says, how did you get a phone? Benny says, would you believe they sell these things in convenience stores now? A lot's changed in 50 years. Dean says, must be a hell of a lot to take in. Benny says, mostly it's the choices, you know, so many choices. Dean says, yeah, I hear that. Listen, Benny, not to beat a dead horse. What we did down there is what we had to do. Now, I don't regret it for a second, but, you know, maybe until we both adjust, it's best we don't talk for a while. Benny says, there it is. Dean says, one day at a time, just like we talked about, right? Benny says, I think you had it right, bud. Dean says, what's that? Benny says, purgatory was pure. I'm kind of wishing I had appreciated it more, you know, like you. Dean says, listen, you got an emergency. You call me. You understand? Benny says, I hear you. You keep your nose clean too, brother. Dean says, yeah. And credits. Okay, so I'd just like to share a few thoughts here. (laughs) Okay. I don't like this season's Sam's hair. That doesn't make any sense. I don't like Sam's hair this season. That makes more sense. (laughs) Oh, I don't remember what his hair looked like. Explain it to me. too long. You know, like, it's at the awkward length between, like, you could tell that his hair, like, can't really figure out what it wants to do because it's just at that awkward, like, it's not shorter and it doesn't have, like, the style of the shorter haircut and it's got it's not like long enough to like do something you know it's just like Mm -hmm. too much (laughs) not that it's like awful or anything I don't think he looks terrible but I just don't like the haircut in this season yeah so that reminds me of one of the conventions where somebody asked him if he uses conditioner and he like was like, oh, let's, you know, yeah. and um, and Jensen was finally like, dear God, do you use conditioner? <laughs> and he's like, well, sometimes. And and I keep want to say Dean, but Jensen was like, uh, what do you mean exactly? And um, he was like, well, the shampoo and conditioner I use is just what's in the hotel room. <laughs> Which is crap stuff, I think. Have you ever yeah. used that stuff? Ugh. But also when your hair is shorter, it doesn't matter as much. Like somebody with my length hair, like I put that stuff in my hair and it's fine for one wash. It's okay. Mm. But mm. like if I do more than one wash with it, it just like fuzzes out and gets really like, just, it's, it's not good. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for somebody with his length hair, it's probably okay. It just half blows the time my he mind. Has it in like a beanie anyway. That's true. So, <laughs> you know, like I've never, I mean, he's never been in a beanie when we've been at the conventions, I don't think, has he? Yeah. I remember that one um, at, in Vegas when maybe it was the one you weren't at, but I'm pretty sure you were there. Cause I think it was just the last one um, when somebody said to him um, that they, you know, does, did he have any recommendations for where to buy a new beanie because she accidentally lost hers oh, in the Bellagio yeah. fountain and huh. he like gave her his beanie off his head. It was super he sweet. Yeah. yeah. He was like, here you go. That's probably why. Cause that was towards the beginning, I think. And so he wasn't wearing a beanie for most of it yeah okay I think that's what it was probably why I'm like thinking that he wasn't wearing one because I do remember Mm -hmm. it was like wasn't it like a was it a white one maybe yeah it was white yeah yeah 
Okay. I do remember that. <laughs> and then I heard of a girl, um, I think Kelly told me about this, um, who, um, when he was doing autographs, Jared, when he was doing autographs, um, a girl came up to him and she was like, um, I accidentally lost my husband in the Bellagio fountain. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, Oh, well, Hey, (laughs) I guess we're going to get married then. I know. Right. Yeah. So I thought it was sweet. I would not be able to handle that. Oh no. (laughs) Hearing about it made me be like, uh, do I have to poop right now? I don't know. Like, please don't look at me and like make eyes at me because I might just like throw up a little. Like, exactly. <laughs> or pee my pants. I don't know. One of the two. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be able to handle it. <laughs> um, so, the beginning of this episode kind of reminds me of the Wendigo episode, the second episode ever. All right. Cause they're camping. Cause they're and- camping and you see like the, or you hear like the trees rustling and all that sort of stuff. And it was just very like, the lighting and everything was kind of similar. Like it just was mm-hmm. set up kind of that way. So I was yeah. kind of like, Ooh, you know, like, yeah, is, you know? yeah. And you were expecting a monster of some sort to happen to them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was Dean. I know <laughs> that's much better than a monster. I know he's looking he was a little, a little cracked out at the time. So there's yeah. that, <laughs> but <laughs> Um, also, okay. Like purgatory turned Dean kind of feral, you know, like, and he liked it and he liked it. Yeah. Like it wasn't even like that. He was just kind of like trying, I mean, part of it was he was trying to adjust, but like, he was just like kind of on it. Like he kind of reminded me of like a stray cat, you know, like Mm-hmm. they got like, they've gotten food. And so they cut, like, they trust you well enough, but they're still like, something happens that's like somebody makes a quick movement or whatever and they're just like you know (laughs) like yeah totally you know like they can't truly calm down you know Mm -hmm. like it's not relaxing for them yeah Yeah, like he he's not relaxed during this episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) like at all really so also dean is like super cranky through this whole episode and I'm pretty sure it's because he's been like so on edge for the last year you know oh yeah like he just like hasn't calmed down yet you know and like the fact that you know Sam didn't look for him and like he's I to me that would kind of suck where it's like this guy who isn't my brother but has acted like a brother to me for the last year like would do more for me than what my actual brother did right you know, like yeah. he would look yeah. for me, you know, yeah. he would help me and he just let me rot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that Sam gave up hunting as well, I think is a big shock and disappointment to Dean, you know, yeah. because he's like, well, clearly I'm the only reason that you're doing this. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. So, and he's the one that wants to keep Sam safe, you know, all the time. So that would kind of be, that would kind of suck to be like, oh, well, you know, the only reason you're doing this is because I'm doing this. And then I left and you were like safe. And then I came back and now you're not anymore, you know? Yeah. Right. Which is, I mean, I don't know if that's part of it or not, but I could see where it would be part of it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, also like Kevin's hair is gone. I liked his little, like, you know, his little shag, 
teenage shaggy thing like he just seemed so much more innocent and now he's got this like haircut and is like you know looking all grown up and shit you know (laughs) I know yeah he does look way older I think he looks cute still oh he's still cute like yeah that's I'm not saying that he's not but he just he looks older where it's like Kevin it's like kid Kevin is like endearing you know and not that Mm -hmm. Kevin just isn't anyways because he's just a freaking you know fabulous (laughs) little feller (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know (laughs) so anyways those are my thoughts (laughs) okay um what was your favorite moment from this episode my favorite moment was um at the beginning of the episode where there's a couple glamping and um Dean suddenly appears and like you know freaks out on them <laughs> and it's just it's shocking to see Dean like that you know he's, he's yeah dirty and freaked out and you know he's stealing their shit and maybe gonna <laughs> I shoot thought it them. was kind of funny that part when he like scrolled away their backpack he was just like I'm taking this and takes off it's just yeah. like oh dude <laughs> yeah so that was my favorite moment what was yours um mine was when Dean was trying to uh, when Sam was like well what happened and he's like well standing too close to exploding dick sends your ass straight to purgatory yeah <laughs> Just because it's our I think it's like one of the last dick jokes I think so too and I'm gonna miss the dick jokes yeah (laughs) I remember yeah I remember the first time watching that season and just being like oh get over it but this time I was just like hee 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 (laughs) I know it's like you know to expect it so it's just it's funnier that way I think you know yeah totally but anyway (laughs) yeah that was I definitely like it's it's the funny moments for me those are my favorite moments all the time sometimes there's other ones but for the most part you know mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> um, you know that's kind of what got I mean not that I didn't get into the show at first but that's kind of what kept me in the show at first was the funny moments yeah you know I think I think me too yeah. yeah. Well, that's not really true. Like I love horror. And so that first season is, you know, scary compared mm-hmm. to the other seasons. And I yeah. really appreciated that. Yeah. See, like for me, I was not a fan of horror anything before mm-hmm. <laughs> Supernatural. So the only reason that I could like continue to watch it was because it had its funny moments and that's like kind of like I kept like looking for the next funny moments to get me through the first couple of seasons because yeah. I was like kind of afraid of it at first you know? yeah because I had never like watched horror anything so, so now funny. it doesn't bother me and I could watch horror films and everything and I'm like yeah whatever like <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah <laughs> we're still gonna watch the descent so that because I think it's gonna scare you yeah you said that like, about a lot of things, though. <laughs> I know, and, and they haven't scared you. It's like, what have I done to you? <laughs> You've <laughs> broken me. My brain is just like, yeah, good luck scaring me. You know? I know. <laughs> so, so this is my my one of my last attempts at scaring you. <laughs> Although the Wendigo episode was, that one still does kind of creep me out a little bit. And it's simply, I can tell you exactly why. It's because the creature can mimic human voices yeah that's why and it's like something that like it's the the human animal thing Mm -hmm. you know like 
that's, I mean, I, we've talked about all this before, but that's why, like, when I watched Harry Potter, Professor Lupin, when he turned into a werewolf, like, he was a, he's a human. Yeah. But he has animal instinct at that point, and, like, his, you can't, like, there's no rationale with anything. He's purely animal, and that's the part that, like, freaked me out, and plus he looked a little creepy, too. Right. But, like, yeah, like, that sort of stuff. That's the what gets me, I've discovered, more than anything else. So mm-hmm. not the, uh, you know, jump scary, you know, like the possession stuff is a little creepy sometimes, but it doesn't like keep me up at night where like right. the first time I saw the Harry Potter movie with Lupin, I like didn't sleep well for a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is like all before Supernatural too. So like if I were to have like watched that and had it been a new thing, like and had already seen supernatural it probably wouldn't have bothered me but (laughs) i don't know yeah anyway um so the interesting facts for this episode um this is supernatural's 150th episode good god we've done 150 episodes lynn holy crap how it only took us halfway done (laughs) (laughs) i know it only took us like three years to get to this point too oh at least yeah that's hilarious we're like getting close to well when is our so I think it was three years in like March or something like that okay. and it's August right now so <laughs> we yeah. missed our anniversary we, we have to make sure to celebrate it next year it was like March 12th or something I want to say or March 13th or I don't even hmm. totally know I'd have yeah. to look at my calendar I put it in there <laughs> yeah I think I might have too but yeah so at some point we'll like well because last year was you know quarantine business so this last one I think it just passed and we had no idea Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I I should say 2020 was the one that passed without you know us being able to do anything about it because you know quarantine but Mm -hmm. anyways um So it says, uh, Dean's relationship with food is a key tell to his brother. When Dean first turns down dinner and then doesn't, uh, choose anything from the motel vending machine, Sam knows that something is deeply wrong with his brother. Um, later in the episode, Sam's by Sam buys his brother a burger as a way to begin mending things between them, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know that Sam bought him the burger. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but yeah, I actually, I remember that like the waitress, well, the waitress came and set it down in front of Sam and he was like oh thank you and then he like pushed the plate over to Dean who was like really like you're giving me food but I mean here's the thing is like when you go kind of feral like if you share food Mm -hmm. that's like a big deal you know like because I'm sure he was probably hungry a lot for that year you know mm-hmm, and like, yeah. had to fight for everything he got so for somebody to just give him food like that's a pretty big bridge you know yeah so yeah granted I'm all like analyzing this like I'm some side of, sort of like psychologist and I'm not so take whatever I say <laughs> with a grain of salt but I know how animals interact right you know like if they don't share food necessarily sometimes they do but a lot of times they don't you know if they're if they think that there's limited resources or whatever like good luck you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah 
anyway um so this is the first appearance of benny um the actor who plays benny um ty olsen also played uh, one of the vegetarian vampires um named eli in season two episode three uh bloodlust mm-hmm. so he was like that. the bartender vampire that's right um well he was a bartender we didn't know was a vampire until later but <laughs> mm-hmm. um it says so you were talking about Sasha Gray and not knowing what that was. So it says Sam mentions that porn star Sasha Gray made a Soderbergh movie. Um, that movie is The Girlfriend Experience from 2009. Okay, so she's a porn star? Yeah. So okay. I'm guessing that they are talking. I mean, I don't know, but I'm guessing that they're probably talking about a porn flick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it says when Sam tells Dean about meeting Amelia, Dean says, so what you dropped your peanut butter in her chocolate. <laughs> um, he's referring to the 1970s slogan for Reese's peanut butter cups, oh. which I don't, they don't tell you what the slogan is, <laughs> Right. but apparently it's from the slogan. So, you know, okay. That. <laughs> um, it says the episode title also refers to a 2011 movie, uh, which as I'm guessing titled we need to talk about Kevin (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Dean's purgatory chopping weapon has the appearance of a uh napped flint or obsidian blade um chipped stone knives and axes were the best thing around for thousands of years before copper and bronze um and much later iron and steel um a properly edged obsidian blade is sharper than any steel albeit brittle enough to be very prone to fracture okay so as long as you hit well <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not gonna shatter you know but it will cut through it doesn't it look like obsidian isn't obsidian black and yeah. dean's weapon was white the handle oh, but the, the handle. actual blade if you look on it does look like obsidian okay i'll have to look at it again it's like a weird and it's like got that chip like you can tell that it was like handmade you know mm-hmm. yeah um it says um, Centerville, Michigan is an actual town, but the show misspells it as uh, so Centerville, Michigan is C-E-N-T-R-E um, for center where the show spells it as center like C-E-N-T-E-R. Oh, okay. Um, it says there's also there's no college state there, however, um, but there is a community college nearby, which is Glen Oaks Community College. Okay. Um, and this is a start of a new intro for the now, um, the road so far. Or oh, the, I don't remember. Yeah. I, I haven't, I, I mean, but they do that at the beginning of every season. So it's basically mm-hmm. just the beginning of a new intro, you know? Yeah. Okay. Basically, I think is what they're trying to say. <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. Our research from this one, we went to Iowa because we're not really in Iowa very often. Um, and plus, we were trying to look up Fairfield, Iowa, and we found a fair view. So that was. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> close enough. <you> know? <laughs> I think it counts. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this is off of Omaha.com. Um, and it's the true story behind the Black Angel of Council Bluffs. Um, it says. The winged figure looms over a quiet grove. Um, On a clear afternoon, she's draped in sunlight and a breeze gently shakes the leaves from surrounding trees. Uh, Brown and black squirrels scurry around the scene. I've never really seen black squirrels, side note, until I went to Bellingham. And they're like little ninja squirrels. They're kind of cool. 
(laughs) But anyways, um, it says the angel extends her right hand as if inviting a viewer to join her on the prow of an ancient vessel she stands on. Um, In her left, she holds a dish eternally overflowing into the basin beneath her. Her gaze is fixed westward, um, her expression serene. She doesn't look like she's trying to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And yet the black angel of Council Bluffs standing near the edge of Fairview Cemetery has inspired dozens, perhaps hundreds of malevolent, malevolent myths in the decades since her dedication. Some say she springs to life after sundown and, borne by her powerful wings, zips around the nearby graves. Others say she shoots jets of fire from her eyes when the clock strikes midnight. Oh my. <laughs> Some whisper of children running behind her base only to disappear forever. No. Um, others recount the curse of her stare. Look into her eyes at midnight, they say, and prepare for an early demise. Um, The superstitions fascinate scholars of folklore who consider the local legends powerful social connectors, and they baffle historians who know the story behind the angel, um, the story of Ruth Ann Dodge, wife of legendary General Grenfell Dodge, um, and the dreams she had just before her death. Corey Nelson, executive director of the historic General Dodge House and a Council Bluffs native, grew up with the legends. She's heard the vague warnings against meeting the angel's gaze or touching her outstretched hand. She and her car, or blah, blah, blah. she and her colleagues regard the stories with weary acceptance. Um, it's just a statue with a fountain. I mean, that's really all it is, she said. I think it's our job to put out the story of what's actually true. Uh, that story begins with Ruth Ann Brown and her marriage to Grenville Mellon Dodge, brother of Mrs. Men Nathan Phillips, N.P. Dodge in 1854. The couple moved west from Illinois to the Nebraska Territory before finally settling um, on the Iowa side of the river. I'm having a hell of a hard time reading right now. I don't know what's going on. It's okay. I think you're doing all right. (laughs) Um, Grenville would go on to distinguish himself during the Civil War, initially commanding the 4th Iowa Infantry. Um, He rose through the ranks from captain to colonel to general. Um, When the war ended in 1865, he returned to Council Bluffs and eventually took a job as a surveyor and chief engineer of the Union Pacific Railroad. A few years later, he completed his family home on 3rd Street. The home is now a museum. Uh, General Dodge's military accomplishments and contributions to the National Railways are celebrated in his adopted home. Um, His wife's memory, Nelson said, has been mostly overshadowed. She was spunky, said Danette Hines-Snyder, membership and special projects coordinator with the Dodge House. She could shoot and ride, and in an era where women usually deferred to their husbands on matters of opinion, she spoke her mind. (laughs) I like her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Once, when she learned of a man severely beating one of his female slaves, she wrote a letter of complaint. I think it's horrible and outrageous, she wrote. How how I would like to see him shot. (laughs) (laughs) Good going, girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. Mrs. Dodge worked to establish the first free public library in Council Bluffs, helping to organize fundraisers for its creation. She wasn't just a sit-at-home, meek and mild woman. She was feisty, and I don't think the general would have married someone who wasn't, Nelson said. Um, The Dodges raised three daughters, Letty, Eleanor, and Anne. In January 1916, General Dodge died. In September of that year, Mrs. Dodge followed. But first, she told one of her daughters a story that would come to define her legacy. Before she died, Mrs. Dodge had a dream. She was standing on a rocky shoreline shrouded in mist. An ancient boat emerged from the fog. 
In the prow of the boat, a beautiful woman, who Mrs. Dodge guessed was an angel, stood holding a small bowl overflowing with water. Drink, the angel said. I bring you both a promise and a blessing. Mrs. Dodge chose not to. <laughs> I was not yet ready for this supreme blessing. I felt unworthy, and it seemed to me it would be a presumption on my part to partake of anything so wonderfully pure, so heavenly, so spiritual, she later told her daughter, Anne. The angel appeared to Mrs. Dodge a second time. Again, she chose not to drink. When the angel came to her a third time, she accepted the offer. After drinking from the bowl, Mrs. Dodge felt that she had been transformed into a new and glorious spiritual being. Um, I drank of that wonderful water of life and it gave me immortality, she told her daughter, Anne, who later wrote of the story. Mrs. Dodge died shortly after. Hmm. In the following year, Ella and Anne commissioned celebrated sculptor Daniel Chester French to immortalize their mother's vision in bronze. The angel statue was dedicated in 1920. French, who would go on to sculpt a seated Abraham Lincoln in marble for the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., reportedly considered the angel his, fa or his favorite of his works. Uh, I didn't know it was the same guy that did uh, Abraham. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Um, it says, though the statue stands at the edge of Fairview Cemetery, the Ruth Ann Dodge Memorial is not a grave. Mrs. Dodge and her husband rest in the mausoleum at Walnut Hill Cemetery, about two miles from Fairview. The memorial has become one of Council Bluff's most iconic monuments, said John Batt, Assistant Director of Parks, Recreation, and Public Properties for the city. In 1980, the National Park Service added it to the National Register of Historic Places. Um, over the years, the statue became a target for vandalism and graffiti. The bronze developed a dark patina. Um, water stopped flowing from the bowl. In 1984, restoration efforts began. Since then, Bat said security measures have been installed to discourage vandals. Um, Motion-activated cameras photograph late-night visitors. An audio system warns against trespassing. <laughs> For the past several years, he said the area has been mostly quiet. Um, Most people have respected the angel for what it is, I believe, Bat said. Overall, people have treated the area with what seems to be a lot of respect. Um, no one can say for sure when or why the memorial became shrouded in legend. As early as 1975, a World Her Herald reader complained um, that a recent article had misrepresented the statue as a grim characterization of the angel of death. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Todd Richardson, an assistant professor um, in the University of Nebraska at Omaha's Goodrich Scholarship Program, who teaches folklore, said that when it comes to urban folklore, specific origins are almost impossible to pin down. In general, he said, superstitions such as those surrounding the black angel emerge because people want to live in a more interesting reality, um, a world where magic and demons and angel and the angel of death could exist. Every time I hear the angel of death, I think of Phantom of the Opera and think of the angel of music. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to watch that movie. I know. I just watched it not that long ago. It's good. I like it, but I can only like watch it every so often because <laughs> Travis isn't one that wants to watch it and I don't have a lot of time to watch movies when Travis isn't here so <laughs> yeah I get it yeah so, there's that but <laughs> um so it says when an imposing statue surrounded by gravestones sheds a bronze luster for a dingy shade of gray it ignites the imagination um, in the case of the Black Angel, it sounds creepy and looks creepy, Richardson said. It would make more sense to have a nice marble angel representing the flight to heaven, whereas the Black Angel represents something more ominous. <laughs> um, 
Once they develop, the legends are shared. They change with each retelling. Parents share them with children. The children journey to the places mentioned in the tales and legend trips, uh, Richardson said, which serves as uh, rites of passage. Uh, the cycle continues. Uh, though each area has its own interpretation, the tales themselves are really unique, Richardson said. The Black Angel is no exception. Another Black Angel in another cemetery stands in Iowa City. Um, for Richardson, legends like that of the Black Angel are archetypes that create common ground for members of communities all over the world. Um, for Nelson, they're a way to spark interest in a neglected page of history. He's, if it's a ghost story that gets them interested, if they can do it in a fun, lighthearted way, and then they can find out the real story, that's great, she said. Um, for better or for worse, the stories bring visitors to the Grove year after year in a way of fulfilling the angel's promise. So. Hmm. Kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be like, a cool place to visit. Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. And like <laughs> shooting fire from the eyes, maybe a little excessive, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad they set up security, like especially at night, like the night cameras and stuff. Yeah, to make sure nobody like messes with it and breaks it down and all that. Yeah, because it's a historic place now, so mm-hmm. I want people to destroy it. But um, yeah, what was your idiot or aspect moment from this week? Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry that was really dramatic. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I went Sometimes to you just Rhode need Island. Drama. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I went to Rhode Island uh, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now. And um, we were going to publish an episode, you know, and I had to listen to it, make sure that there was like actual content there. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, um, and Eric's family likes to gather like down in their living room in the evening and like watch TV together and just kind of be together and bullshit and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, like I can do this down there, you know, have my headphones and I'm just listening to it on my phone. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting next to Eric on the couch and. I'm like, you know, I'm listening to it. I'm like five minutes in and Eric goes, oh, why don't you just unplug your headphones and let the whole family listen to this episode? <laughs> and I was like immediately like clenching everything and trying not to poop, you know? Well, it's weird because like, I don't even listen to our podcast because I don't want to like hear myself, you know? <laughs> I know that the second that I like hear myself talking, I'm like, oh my God, what an idiot I am, you know? Like... <laughs> Oh no. I mean, not not really, but still, you know, like it's, it's just like weird for me to listen to myself and I don't Mm want to do it. We're like, yeah, well, I couldn't remember like what our idiot or aspect moments were, you know what I mean? Like what if they were something totally offensive, you know, like, (laughs) or completely inappropriate. And it's just like, Oh fuck. So I was so anxious. Like the top of my head was like, hot and like prickly <laughs> and I was like oh no I need a Xanax you know but oh, yeah but I was like okay okay I can handle this so I sat there and we listened to it and um so it was Eric's dad brother and mom uh-huh. and his dad fell asleep 20 minutes into it because he <gasps> was super drunk and started <laughs> snoring so he didn't listen to it so <laughs> Phew. I mean but, I guess that could you know I don't know if anybody would listen to, well, I mean, to be fair, the first part of it is kind of like being read a story, you know, like a bedtime story. Yeah, so, that's totally true. You know? Like, yeah, and so then his brother, like, 
peaced out like not long after he was like going to bed good night <laughs> just like left and I was kind of like I was a little like oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah but his mom hung out for the whole thing yeah so and our agent were fine I can't remember what they were but they were <laughs> fine and she said that um I had a, a good race which I was surprised and she said she really liked you because you live in all the right places. I get you. Sorry. You, the sound stuttered out a bit. What did you oh, say? Okay. Um, she said that um, I, I had a good voice for the podcast. Uh-huh. And then she said that she really liked you because you laughed in all the right places. <laughs> I just, I'm a laugher. What can I say? If it's funny, I'm not going to not laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so oh gosh, she said you me. had a she said you had a good voice too so <laughs> get me tipsy and I giggle at everything <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh man well that's good so, I'm glad she liked it yeah me too <laughs> oh god <laughs> I kind of like I kind of wanted to know what like his brother and his dad would have thought about it but you know that's okay <laughs> eh, whatever you know at yeah. some point they might listen to it but mm-hmm. I mean it's kind of hard like I do get it it is kind of hard to like listen to it like because I have friends that like they're like oh you do a podcast cool and I'm like yeah it's about supernatural they're like I have no clue about supernatural I'm like well I mean you can listen to it but it's gonna be talking about a show that you've never seen before so you know like, yeah and- <laughs> Yeah, I made a mom friend um, and she goes to the same like, uh, well, her kids go to the same karate place that Killian does. So we Mm -hmm. see each other quite a bit. And I was telling her that I do a podcast and she was like, oh, cool. Are you on Spotify? And I was like, yeah. She's like, well, what's the name of it? And I was like, it's an aspects. And she like burst out laughing and she was (laughs) like, why is it named that? So I had to like explain and she said she watched Supernatural, but it was like a really long time ago. So she didn't finish it or anything, you know? Yeah. So she's like, well, I'll listen to it when I run. And I was like, the first couple episodes are a little, little, (laughs) yeah, a little all over the place and not quite what the podcast is now. And she was like, well, all podcasts are like that. And I was like, okay, thank (laughs) you. At least you know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yeah. What was your rigid or moment? okay well mine I I felt kind of bad about it but this is when you were over (laughs) when okay so we were outside and we have hot wire or we did we just unplugged it because we weren't sure because we (laughs) there's another idiot or aspect moment coming up that's yeah okay oh boy with the hot wire but (laughs) um so it's unplugged now, but at the time it was connected to where the horses are, um, and all that. And, um, I was in the garden and Hunter came out and he's touched the hot wire before, but it never did anything to him. And I don't know if it was because his fur is so thick cause he's a lab. So he's kind of like water repellent and everything to where it just like, mm. didn't, you know, get him, you know, ever. Yeah. He, I mean, there's been times where he's been standing right over it and you would it looks like he's touching it or close to it and nothing has happened. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, okay, you know, but 
I felt super bad because I was crouched down and I was kind of near the hot wire and he got let outside and he goes running towards the hot wire fence and like kind of bent down and was like gonna come up and like lick my face and stuff and he got zapped and I don't know if his nose got it or if his bits got it (laughs) because he like went straight through it and I don't know how far across he got it before he got zapped but I felt so bad he you could just heard this like and he went ah and like took off running back to Travis and was like oh my god you know and he was like traumatized a little bit from it because the thing was is we put it up because he wouldn't stop digging in the garden and it's like dude, you got to stay out. But the second that we put up the hot wire, he stayed out of it. So we figured that he might have like gotten zapped, but it wasn't that bad, you know, and just like, kind of was like, oh, I'll just stay out. Or maybe it was just because there was something that he had to step over. Apparently it was just too much, you know, but he got got and I felt (laughs) bad, you know, like, poor guy, but like, hey, dude, don't just run through things you know like and you can see it it's not like it was like disguised you know Mm -hmm. but anyway yeah I felt kind of bad for him (laughs) yeah me too there's that I mean it was almost dark so it might have been like harder to see the hot wire but he knows where it is the thing is is animals also can like hear it you know like the horses can hear it and they know that it's on so like a lot of times horses that don't want to get zapped, but still like aren't necessarily afraid of it. They'll like, listen to see if it's on. And if it's not on, then they'll mess around with it and take it down so they can get out to wherever they want to be. But if it's on, they don't screw around Mm -hmm. with it because they don't want to get zipped. So, um, I would assume that he could probably hear it too, but he just might not have like, you know, never touched it really to where he knew what it meant, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, lesson learned, but he hasn't gone anywhere near the garden, (laughs) (laughs) which is nice, you know, so maybe you can just like keep up the posts and just have the wire up, but keep it disconnected and he'll just like leave it alone. Yeah. So that's the whole guy, (laughs) but also, we totally have a joint idiot or aspect moment for this episode because, oh my good grief, I don't like Zoom. What the hell? <laughs> What's going on with Zoom, man? It's like, it's like oh. fucking up all over the place. We had to redo the first section of this episode. Um, well, we did part of the first. So the first section was like, bad it kept like stalling out and, no like, we did a whole a whole first section yeah and, and I listened to it and I was like this is not publishable yeah because it would like cut out and it would just like leave different parts of the you know the episode and while it was recording like I noticed that it would kind of like stall out and like for you your voice would like stop but then like be really fast so you'd hear all the words but it was like zooming through it. And I was like, okay, well, at least you can like kind of hear it still, you know, but mm-hmm. apparently on your end, when we listened to, or when you listened to it, it just like cut those parts out and it was like stalling out and just sounding awful, you know? Yeah. And so this episode might have been a little rough. 
I know. We're so sorry. We're not sure what's going on with Zoom. I don't know. So. Hopefully in the next like couple episodes or so it'll get sorted out. Like I, cause Zoom updates, like I swear, like every few days, <laughs> yeah. not really, but like every couple weeks, it's got another update out. So I'm hoping that between us doing updates and everything, it'll fix that. Um, right. But in the meantime, if the next couple episodes are a little rough, we're sorry. Hopefully they're not. Hopefully the second part of this episode is much better. <laughs> I know. But yeah, we'll we are sorry. So we really want to put out like quality content. So at least be able to like, you know, hear us and understand us Yeah, you know, with Zoom and everything. It's a little rough to begin with because one of us is always going to be quieter than the other one. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I think, it's you normally that sounds like normal, like what we do, would do when we podcast together. But for mm-hmm. me, for some reason, it always like makes it sound like I am like on a phone call, you know, which yeah, it does. Fine, whatever, you know, it's like weird though. It like, is why? what it is. I don't know why it does that, but you know, and we've tried, it's like, okay, like if I call, what does it sound like versus if you call, what does it sound like? Or if we do this, what does it sound like? You know, and it's all ends up doing that anyway. So Mm-hmm. anyway but <laughs> yeah so we're sorry we're about sorry. the quality it's kind of like ass butt on zoom's part and kind of idiots on our part because we don't know how to fix it but <laughs> I know. yeah I mean should we try Skype again no that was way worse was it I can't remember it was way I remember it being like just like poor quality to begin okay with. so I mean, it might not like cut out, but let's be real at this point. I don't want to have to like be installing and uninstalling and, oh, let's try this one. And oh, let's try this one. You know, like Mm -hmm. I I think Zoom has been the most consistent between when we were doing, you know, these episodes that we've done with Zoom versus the ones we did with Skype. So Skype just needs to figure out its shit. (laughs) Yeah. So. Okay. Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgits and aspects podcasts. Podcasts. Idgits and aspects podcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under idgits and aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your idgit and aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.